This episode of CougarCast is brought to you by Waveform Sleep. Go check out waveformsleep.com for their warehouse sale right now. Power Base Warehouse Sale. Do you snore at night? Maybe anti-snore can solve that. How about do you watch TV in your bed? Of course you do. Of course you do. TV mode. No more achy neck pushed into the headboard. Or maybe you just need to get all the pressure off of those joints and put it in zero G mode. Whatever the case, I have to tell you, you need to upgrade your bedroom today by going to Waveform Sleep and getting in on this outrageous warehouse sale on adjustable power bases. Go in, snatch up one of those warehouse sale prices, and at checkout, use promo code CougarCast, and you will get 20% off on your deal. And uh, sweeten the pot even further, free shipping directly to your house. These babies are easy to install, and they upgrade your bedroom. They're super convenient, super comfortable. You are going to love one. So if you've ever thought of getting one before, this is the best time to do it. So go check out waveformsleep.com. And put in promo code CougarCast at checkout. Waveformsleep.com, CougarCast at checkout for 20% off an adjustable power base. And now. The BYU football team is 3-0. They are ranked number 15 in the country. Bill Connolly even likes them as the 16th best team in America. And now it's time for the Roadrunners. Greetings, my name is Keith Schertz, and this is CougarCast. Hey, if this is your second or third or hundredth time tuning into us, congratulations on having extraordinarily fine taste. I'm very excited about this BYU football team. Last week, I said that the BYU football team has gotten off to a perfect start. That did not change after playing the Bulldogs of Louisiana Tech. Will it change this week as they take on the 3-1 Texas San Antonio Roadrunners? from the conference USA. Let's just take a quick look at UTSA, which um, sounds like the place that people go to. uh, It's the college that you go to to be a member of the TSA. All right. I mean, thank you for keeping us all safe and everything, but, you know, okay. Um. So, anyway, UTSA um, are coached by Jeff Trailer. He's a first-time head coach at this uh, at this level. Uh, Jeff Trailer has got his team off to a three-in-one start. Here is what their schedule has looked like. They played the Bobcats of Texas State. Thriller, absolute thriller, fifty-one forty-eight. 
the final score there. Then 24-10 over the Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin. Then they pulled off a two-point victory, 37-35 against Middle Tennessee State, the Blue Raiders. And then uh, in their most recent contest, they got shut down by the the Blazers of uh, UAB, Alabama, Birmingham, the Bane of uh, any fan of Michael Smith and Jeff Chapman, UAB, the Blazers. That's why we stopped calling... uh, them that and changed it to 11 year old scouts but that is from a whole nother era of life by the way we're going to be doing a little bit of looking backwards so that's not going to be our first you know uh we're going to be a little bit more current than that but that's not going to be our first uh reference to something that happened uh before 2000 um so the the uh texas san antonio roadrunners uh, here's here's a couple things about their profile. 38th in the country. There's 74 teams playing right now or have played a game at least. Um, 38 to 74. They're averaging 31.2 points per game. They give up 28.5 points per game. Honestly, this uh, profile on them reminds me an awful lot <laughs> of what we saw with Louisiana Tech. They have tried out uh, a couple of quarterbacks in different spots. Um, their quarterback play hasn't been as effective. The thing that, uh, when you take a look at the numbers, the Roadrunners have been a much better running team. Uh, their rushing has been pretty effective. They've got four rushers right now who have had a decent workload who are all over five yards a carry. So that gives... Elisa Tuiaki and the crew, something to think about. They got to learn how to take away the run, or not learn, but continue to do that. Um, they really need to handle and do something about uh, their future running back. Okay. Sincere McCormick, he has been a workhorse. Uh, 90 carries through four games. It's, you know, 15 touches. He's getting just under six yards a carry. He's got four touchdown. Uh, on the season. And then, you know, he's also able to catch the football out of the backfield. So uh, they better do something about Sincere McCormick, and I I really mean that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Sincere McCormick really is, is, as far as I can tell, um, kind of the linchpin of, of, you know, Texas-San Antonio. Um, He's going to kind of do his thing, but if you can – if you can kind of look, if they can make it so that he's not getting six yards of carry, obviously they're going to be in good shape. Okay, that guy has to be able to do damage um, in in his workload throughout the game. And if the Cougars can take away that, they're going to be just fine on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Texas San Antonio, not a believer uh, in their defensive abilities. Um, they have been able to bail themselves out at different times this season because they have actually they forced quite a lot of turnovers in four games. That's the one thing that I suppose uh, I could be you know more concerned about is is that th- through four games they they have forced nine turnovers. That that's a lot. That's you know they're they're getting the job done and changing field position for their team and really that's been the key to the season and their 3-1 start 
has been their ability to take care of the football and then force turnovers. They, they've done a, a really strong job uh, of managing that part of the game uh, this season. So they, they benefit a lot from forcing turnovers and they run the football and they're not not great at defense. Otherwise, uh, they, they sell out a lot for big plays. So again, the Cougars have been really, really clean this year. Uh, I think they have one turnover on the season. Zach Wilson had an interception on the second uh, drive of the game against Navy, and uh, I don't believe we've had any fumbles off the top of the dome. But if the Cougars take care of the football, they should be completely fine, <laughs> okay? And once again, they're now turning into a team with expectations, and learning to play with those expectations is going to be uh, interesting. And of course, they've added more games later in the season. I don't know if you've seen. If you haven't, uh, good news here. They're going to be playing Boise State. They're also going to be playing San Diego State. So a couple more tests later in the season. They're going to get a chance to play uh, a couple more games. And, uh, you know, COVID pending. Uh, so... The Cougars are now playing with expectation. Vegas had them open as a 33-point favorite, okay? And uh, I don't know. That's a lot of points to lay down, right? I mean, if you <laughs> be biting your nails. But I will say this. If you were going to lay the points down on anybody over the last 10 years of BYU football, uh, I would lay it down on 2020 Zach Wilson. He's been outstanding, uh, coming into the season, there were questions about whether he was the guy or not. And now everyone is um, just saying, well, obviously it was an injury issue. Maybe. I think the biggest thing that has really helped Zach Wilson has been a couple things. Um, one is that I think they're running a totally different offense with some different principles, they're 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 not trying to play Lincoln Riley ball, okay? They're they're calling plays that are more direct, that don't rely on three players reading the same thing and then reacting to the same thing at the same time. And because your reactions are so good, you know you're you're in a great spot to to win with your athleticism. That that's sort of the idea of of doing lots of RPO looks. Cougars haven't abandoned it totally, but there is so much less of that being expected of Zach Wilson. So much less. And actually, the game plan has set up so that it is less demanding of Zach Wilson to go out and be a tremendous playmaker, but rather the unit of the offense is the playmaker. When you have... People lining up at the line of scrimmage, they know what it is that they're supposed to do before the ball is snapped. And, you know, in previous seasons with Zach Wilson at the helm, he's been reading and hoping that his teammates read the same thing. And then both of them have to read and react in real time after the ball is snapped. So they don't necessarily know where they're running, right? They have a tree of, of places where they need to go. I think simplifying it down has really, really, really benefited Zach Wilson and his teammates. Part of being successful requires an, a complete cohesive whole. I think that he's 
he's really benefited from this uh, new new philosophy, which is, of course, a really old philosophy. But uh, I think they're drawing it up, and uh, there there isn't a whole lot of variation in what happens after the ball is snapped uh, based upon what was drawn up to run before before we go. Now, there's still space for audibles. There are the occasional look. I'm sure there are some option routes uh, and, and things like this. I, I'm certain, okay? But, but the way they're lining up, the way they're functioning, you can just see there's a lot more confidence, and maybe that comes with experience, but I actually think it's a lot of, of the scheme and what the Cougars are trying to do schematically. I, I think that that's what um, we've really seen. The other part is, is you know, there's a, so much confidence with with what's going on with Wilson, and he's getting all the love, and he should, um, because he's been lights out. I was just, I was thinking about this. Um, <clears throat> this is the best three-game streak that a BYU quarterback has had since 2009. Uh, I don't think you can find a better three-game run for for anybody that's played since Max Hall. I, I, find me three straight games where Taysom Hill was more lights out than Zach Wilson's been in the last three games. Y- you can't. I promise you. Okay, certainly not passing, <laughs> right? And uh, and obviously Wilson hasn't run as much. But again, I, I like the idea of a, a more complete uh, team concept. And it's not like his running hasn't been uh, you know effective in the red zone. I mean, the guy leads the team in rush touchdowns anyway. Uh, and in the red zone, he's been able to find lots of open space and make his way into the end zone because they're afraid of of having to handle Tyler Algier or being able to handle uh, whatever else is going to happen with the receivers and the tight ends. And, you know, he lost his big playmakers. They, they, they didn't have a returning number one wide receiver. It's like it all came together this year. And I think a lot of that has to do with Jeff Grimes and the work that he has done. Uh, a lot of love is I apparently Drew Brees is responsible for everything here and, and long 10 hour drives back and forth to go see John Beck. I Listen, that's great anecdote. Great story. I, I think that it has more to do with the work that Roderick has done. I think it has more to do with the work that uh, Jeff Grimes has done. I, I think that what they've done in, in organizing and putting together this offense uh, early in the season against inferior opponents. Granted, I, I think that the reason that they're scoring so many freaking points and being able to move the football lethally with explosion, you don't put up points without explosive offensive play. Uh, I just think that uh, that that a lot of that credit needs to go to a, a greater buy-in and understanding of what's going on. And I think that is in conjunction with a better understanding by Jeff Grimes about what his team can do and playing towards the things that they can do instead of trying to make them kind of do the trendy RPO Lincoln Riley stuff, right? So I really I really think that that's helped Zach Wilson. Uh, the other thing is, is actually having running backs who actually gain yardage and are really reliable with the football in their hands running 
uh, has has really helped Zach Wilson too. Uh, I the this point must be made. I made it a week ago, but I, I have some numbers for you. Um, the Cougars are destroying on play action. Whenever I see the play fake after the snap, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> we're about to gain a lot of yards. Uh, pay attention to this because I, I expect play action to dominate once again. Okay. Even without play action, the passing of Zach Wilson's been very good. Okay. I've, I've accoladed that enough. But, but here's the thing BYU on play action versus Louisiana Tech. They had 11 play action passes. 11. He went 10 for 11 for 183 yards and two touchdowns. That's 16.6 yards per attempt. I mean, <laughs> that's 290.7 quarterback rating. Okay. 10 for 11, 183 yards, two touchdowns, 16.6 yards per attempt. Here's, here's what those 10 completions look like. Okay. Listen to the explosion here. 16 yards, 39 yards. There was a four-yarder. 22 yards, 22 yards, 22 yards, 18 yards, 23 yards, 5 yards, 12 yards. That's explosive. All the explosive plays that the Cougars made, all of them. Virtually all of them. Okay? There were a couple long runs. But through the air, uh, through the air, they had a couple that went uh, over 20 without play action. But all, all <laughs> I'm just saying... Cougars on play action have been awesome. They were awesome against Troy. Uh, they were uh, really amazing in play action <laughs> against Louisiana Tech. And, you know, you get a group of guys who, you, you, you know, you have a guy like Algier who, who one person isn't tackling because he runs hard. And you play action to Tyler Algier. And you see, just look. It's a couple steps. They know they got to work together to get this guy down. They know the D-line isn't helping out. They're blocked. So um, safeties and, and linebackers are all trying to rally and help in that scenario. He is buying extra time. It helps the offensive line. Algier being a successful running back is, is buying time and space for the passing attack. It goes unheralded, but that that play action and going play action and even with Lopini, um, they're 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 just <laughs> they're incredible on play action. So uh, I wanted to just cover that for for reference. Okay, again, ten for eleven. This is BYU on play action passes against Louisiana Tech. Ten for eleven, one hundred eighty-three yards with two touchdowns, sixteen point six yards per. Attempt a 290.7 quarterback rating. That is ridiculous. <laughs> I, and it's one of those, I, I don't really care who the opponent is. We, we've seen BYU play against mediocre teams and, and struggle. Recently, like not very long with this quarterback. So I, I give a whole, a whole heck of a lot of credit to uh, what's happening with the run game. Offensive line's doing a job. I honestly just think it's so much about scheme. We're, we're playing to the strengths of what these kids 
can can really do. Uh, BYU without play action passing, 14 for 15. I mean, good grief. Still awesome. <laughs> 14 for 15, 142 yards, no touchdowns. So 9.5 yards per attempt. That's still winning football. That's still awesome. Okay. 172.9 QB rating. Still awesome. So Zach Wilson is playing at incredible level, and I think that he's been put in a position uh, to to better succeed because I think he and his teammates have a better understanding of what's going on. I think it, it just would be easier to know when you snap the ball, this is what the spacing on the field is going to look like and not have to read and feel any of that. Um and then make adjustments and hope that the other people saw the same thing you saw. And if you guys didn't see the same thing, now we've got a broken play. And right, like college football, you don't unless unless you're really executing that at a high level, or you've got unbelievable athletes, so it doesn't matter if there's a broken play or whatever. Like then you can look dead, right? But. You know, this this offense had a hard time against South Florida. It had a hard time. Jeff Grimes' offense had a hard time, you know, against uh, Northern Illinois. And uh, they had a hard time against Toledo. And I would, I would argue that, you know, Navy is probably not – usually they're better. I really respect Navy's program. It looks like they're having a little bit of a down year. Troy is Troy. Respect them as well. They're okay, but maybe a tier beneath Northern Illinois in terms of prestige. Typical year, you would expect Northern Illinois to be better, right? So maybe it is just a little geared down. But um, even if it's just a little geared down, I don't know. I don't know that that translates to thirty extra points a game. So I, I think I think they've been really impressive. Um, I'm not the only one. Mel Kuyper Jr. This guy. He's made a nice career for himself. I respect it. I respect the hustle. I, I really I actually like him. I like Mel Kuyper Jr. But hey Mel, you stay away from our junior quarterbacks. You kind of have a horrible history with BYU junior quarterbacks, Mel. If you don't know what I'm talking about, let me take you back to 1995. Uh, in 1995, John Walsh was a junior quarterback for Brigham Young University. And he was playing really well. Okay? Following... The Cougars game in the Copper Bowl. <laughs> John Walsh was, it was said of him by Mel Kuyper, the so called draft guru, okay, said that there's no way that John Walsh would be not among the first five players chosen in the 1995 NFL draft. And he said it was possible, really possible that he might be the number one overall pick. And then he took his time to assure everybody in the nation that John Walsh was the number one quarterbacking prospect. 
Well, it was at that moment when Mr. Walsh decided to go pro because, of course, of course he did. Right? I mean, that makes sense. He was wrong. John Walsh went in the seventh round. 213th pick by the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, it didn't quite... (laughs) Yeah, didn't quite, didn't quite work out on that one. And, you know, I get it. It's uh, hard to predict things. So there's a huge difference in possibly being the number one overall pick and then going 213th with 13 quarterbacks picked ahead of him. Uh, so, yeah. All I'll say is uh, Zach Wilson, very talented. He's got some heat around him. Mel Kuyper listed him as the fifth best quarterback in terms of an NFL draft prospect uh, this last week. So these may be the last games we see of Zach Wilson. By the way, like I said, I think, you know, if he continues to be around 14 yards per attempt passing the football, Cougars are going to go undefeated. Like, that's the time for him to go. It's never going to be better than that, right? So he should go. But I will say that... Mel Kuyper has a little bit of a history with BYU quarterbacks. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Uh, So, yeah. Lavelle Edwards wasn't happy about John Welsh going. Uh, He thought that he could have helped him come back for a senior year. Get another year of experience under your belt. Okay. And... uh, he got asked if he thought that uh, it was a bad instance where Mel Kuyper Jr. got John Walsh to listen to him, even though he didn't really know what he was talking about there. And Lavelle Edwards said, quote, no question about it. This is a classic example of that. Ooh. How about BYU quarterback coach Norm Chow? <laughs> he says, listen to this, quote, Kuyper is to blame. Then he walks it right back. Not totally, but he certainly influenced John Walsh because because of Mel Kuyper and people like him, people like John Walsh drop out of college and players put their hope in the rumors and opinions and guesswork of people who have no stake in it. No, that was it. John Walsh never came together for him. I don't know what's going to happen with Zach Wilson. I will say, this has been awfully quick. And I have been part of it. I just said it's the best three-game stretch we've had since 2009 from any BYU quarterback. Stand by it. It's true. The hype, it's deserved. It's earned. But it'll be interesting to see what happens, okay, as it relates on that that front. So I would just uh, tread lightly. If I was young Mr. Wilson. In the meantime, he's got other things to worry about. Like beating the Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. I will just say what I said last week. The Cougars should be just fine in this one. (laughs) Texas San Antonio has had a couple really nice teams. Teams that I have respected and I, I thought were kind of frisky. 
Um, but I just don't. I just don't see it. This group, uh, with how explosive they've been, if they can be explosive, if their play action can still, if they can get the kind of space that they've been getting on play action, it's over. If Tyler Algier is getting eight yards of carry, or if he has a couple where he just punishes and it took a, just looks no fun for the other team to tackle him and 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 that sort of thing starts happening. If he can set the pace on it, uh, that just watch how everything changes right after that. Honestly, that was. The reason the Cougars were so slow in the first quarter was because they couldn't they couldn't play action yet, right? Uh, they had a play action look in the first quarter, and they gained 16 yards on it. But uh, they went to that well a ton as the game went on, especially in that second quarter, and it really paid some major major dividends. So there you go. Got to get a couple effective runs. You got to start to hurt them on the ground first. Then we can hurt them through the air. And then you can bury them. (laughs) And that's been the blueprint through the first three weeks. It will be the blueprint once again against Texas San Antonio. So start with part one. Quarter one, get out, run the football, dominate at the line of scrimmage, and get it done. And then the other thing is when you play with the lead, the defense... Eliza Tuiaki with a lead, huh? lot friskier defense. Play calling defensively with the lead. You would think that he would try to create more sacks and things like that when it was close and, and maybe change the game like that. No, sir. No. <laughs> if you're up three or four touchdowns, now is the time to bring the heat. Okay. So, uh, I, <laughs> I anyway... That's just what I'm observing. It's the thing that I've seen. I've seen a just different, a little bit different philosophy from the coaches coming in this year. It feels like they're growing and and getting better and getting better and developing as coaches themselves uh, here in what year four or five of the Kalani Satake era at BYU. Okay, Cougars, I expect them to dominate and roll once again against the Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. Let's do it. Let's lay the points. Lay the points. Give them a pleaser. Improve my odds. I'll take the Cougars at 40. (laughs) If you've enjoyed this episode of CougarCast, please go on iTunes. Leave a review of the show. Also available on any other... uh, platform pretty much leave your reviews helps out the show tell a friend about it otherwise i hope each and every single one of you is doing extremely well i hope this podcast finds you with a smile on your face and uh the inspiration (laughs) talking about football inspiration to to spread smiles to someone else oh yeah oh yeah Feels good. I like I like having a I like having a football team that looks like they're they're something. It's been a very long time. It's a, a, a familiar feeling, and I'm glad to have it back. Have a great week. Go Cougars, and take care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs>